Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book The Art of the Good Life, 52 Surprising Shortcuts to Happiness, Wealth, and Success. Have you ever had the experience of finding money on the ground? Imagine if you accidentally found a $100 banknote on your way to work tomorrow. Would you save it like you would if you had made an extra $100, or would you just spend it immediately? This book tells us that generally speaking, when compared to $100 that we have earned, we are more likely to spend the $100 found on the ground more quickly and without further thinking. This is because the same sum of money, when obtained from two different channels, will be classified differently according to our mental accounting. When dealing with the money we accidentally found on the ground, we don't view it in the same way as hard-earned money. Mental accounting is a concept proposed by Richard Toller, a professor of behavioral economics at the University of Chicago. He believes that in reality, expenditure or income will be divided into different mental accounts. For example, we will put our wages in the working hard to get rich account that is accumulated through hard work. Our year-end bonus is regarded as an additional gift and may be placed in the reward account. Furthermore, money from winning the lottery may be put in the pie falling from the sky account. Rolf Dobelli used mental accounting as a mental tool. In the case of loss or misfortune in life, he suggested that we use the mental accounting tool to help us to switch our perspectives on life. For example, you can preset a donation account and pre-deposit $1,000 in it every year. Whenever you are issued a ticket for illegal parking or speeding, you can pay the fines using this donation account and imagine that the money paid to the fine is actually a tax to improve social welfare. In this way, you can avoid feeling regret or anger whenever you are fined. The book The Art of the Good Life has 52 similar mental tools, which can help us to solve practical problems such as misfortunes in our career or marriage, having trouble maintaining good interpersonal relationships, or having trouble achieving our goals. The world we live in is full of complexity and uncertainty, and we may no longer make wise judgments based on intuition alone. We need to prepare ourselves with a toolbox full of mental tools that are ready to be used at any time. With the help of these mental tools, we can observe the world more objectively, maintain mature reasoning, and improve our ability to make better decisions and do things better. The author of the book Rolf Dobelli obtained his PhD in economic philosophy from the University of St. Gall in Switzerland. He is one of the co-founders of the global business book abstract website Get Abstract. He is also the founder of the global outstanding talent community organization Zurichy.mind. The members of this organization include Nassim Nicholas Taleb, the author of Black Swan, The Impact of the Highly Improbable, Kurt Vutrich, Nobel Chemistry Laureate, and many others. Dr. Dobelli has published many best-selling books such as The Art of Thinking Clearly and The Art of Acting Clearly. The newspaper The Times praised him as the self-help guru Germans love. This book provides us with 52 mental tools. However, due to audio time constraints, we will select only several of the most important tools to talk about. Next, we will summarize the best parts of this book in the following three sections.
First, mental tools that contribute to career success. Second, mental tools that help us get along with others. Third, mental tools that make our lives better. Okay, now let's look at the first part, mental tools that contribute to career success. Career success is a goal that most of us pursue for a major part of our lives. But how can we actually achieve this goal? First, we should stick to our promises, say goodbye to flexibility and maintain 100% persistence. Clayton Christensen, the author of The Innovator's Dilemma is one of the world's most important experts on management. In his youth, he observed that what many managers had in common was that they had sacrificed the first stage of their lives to their careers. They had done so because they hoped to be able to free themselves from economic constraints and dedicate the second half of their lives to their families. Unfortunately, the families of these managers had either fallen apart or long since flown the coop. So Christensen made a pledge that he would not work on the weekends and insisted on having dinner with his family on weeknights. There were no exceptions, and he insisted on doing so, even if it meant that he sometimes had to rush to the office at three in the morning. After hearing this pledge, you may think that Christensen's behavior is a little irrational. After all, it is difficult for a busy person like him to practice it, not to mention to stick to it. There are too many things in one's work and life that involve energy and uncontrollable factors can appear at any time. For example, there may be a sudden new appointment at work where the job's daily tasks are too overwhelming, and you need to work overtime. In our perception, flexibility is an advantage especially in this era, when everything is changing and uncontrollable. But why is Christensen so stubborn? Why can't there be exceptions? Dobelli believes that when it comes to important issues, flexibility isn't an advantage. It's a trap. He found that in addition to Christensen, there are many other examples of people who have achieved long-term goals through extreme stubbornness and 100% commitment. Why is this? First of all, sticking to promises helps us avoid decision fatigue. Decision fatigue means that once the brain is exhausted from too much decision-making, it will plump for the most convenient option, which more often than not is also the worst one. For example, we often face many choices on Friday night. Dinner with colleagues, karaoke with friends, or family activities. Imagine that you have been working hard that week, with so many choices, it may be difficult for you to make a decision. Even if you make a decision, you're afraid it might not be the best decision, and you may regret it. On the other hand, if we can arrange the activities in this period according to our promises, we will not need to sap our willpower to make decisions when we encounter this dilemma. Second, sticking to promises can help us gain a positive reputation. By consistently refusing to compromise in certain areas, we can show our position clearly and fully show others what things are non-negotiable to you. The principle of the legendary investor Warren Buffett is to refuse to negotiate again. If anyone wants to sell his company to Buffett, he will only give the other party a single opportunity. For this reason, Buffett has the reputation of being inflexible, but he also uses this to ensure that he can get the best offer from the beginning, without having to get involved with unreliable businessmen. Therefore, we need to say goodbye to flexibility and stick to our promises as Dobelli mentioned, 
Sticking to your promises 100% of the time is easier than 99%. Next, let's look at the second mental tool that helps us succeed in our career. Build a sturdy circle of competence and maintain absolute focus on the circle of competence. The circle of competence is the field that we are good at, and it is also our personal advantage. Many life mentors have said that to try to break through your circle of competence, you must learn to overcome boundaries. However, Dobelli told us, crucially, you should never step outside your circle of competence. Here, we will listen to a story from Dobelli himself. Dobelli stumbled upon the opportunity to write a biography for a wealthy entrepreneur. The compensation was 1 million euros, which was a very attractive offer, but Dobelli refused because he felt that writing a biography was beyond his circle of competence. To write a top-notch biography, Dobelli needed to have numerous conversations with the subject and conduct detailed research, which would consume a lot of his time and energy. He also realized that the skills required to write a biography are different from the skills required to write novels and professional books, and he did not possess such skills. He believed that doing things beyond his circle of competence would lead to low productivity. For those who have obtained success within the circle of competence, it is tempting to want to broaden this circle. But Dobelli advises resisting this urge, because your skills don't necessarily transfer from one area to another and are often domain-specific. On the contrary, if we can focus on our circle of competence, our gains will exceed our expectations. For those who work as computer programmers, lawyers, surgeons, designers, researchers and salespersons, people who focus on building their circle of competence can be 10 times or even hundreds of times more competent than ordinary people. An outstanding skill may also offset countless weaknesses. Therefore, Dobelli believes that investing one hour in the circle of competence is more worthwhile than investing 1,000 hours outside the circle. Then how can we create our own circle of competence? Two points are mentioned in the book. First is obsession. This obsession can drive us to do something for a long time without feeling tired, but it will also make us feel more and more excited. Buffett has been obsessed with investing since he was 12 years old when he first invested in the stock market. Bill Gates was obsessed with programming from the time he was young. It is precisely because of their obsessions that they spent thousands of hours on them, and this is what was required for them to become masters. Second, it takes time to create a circle of competence. Anything that is valuable takes a long time to perfect, and so does the circle of competence. Next, let's introduce the third mental tool for career success, focus on inner success and work on your goals with ataraxia. Today, various levels of societal wealth affect our definition of success, and possession of wealth has also become an important sign of career success. This definition affects what we pursue. Many people are more inclined to choose a job with a higher salary regardless of whether they like it or are good at it. They are also more willing to interact with those who have a higher income and may ignore friends with noble virtues not related to money. But Dobelli reminded us that the definition of success is the product of the times and each era has a different definition of success. The reason why contemporary society drives people towards the pursuit of material wealth, and does not advocate for a lifestyle indifferent to it is because only economic growth can promote social harmony. 
Henry Wallach, former governor of the U.S. Federal Reserve once said, So long as there is growth, there is hope, and that makes large income differential tolerable. Therefore, we should realize that how our society has defined success may not necessarily be the truth, and we can define success in our own way. Dobelli gives a new definition of success in the book, True Success is Inner Success. Philosophers of ancient Greece and Rome named this success ataraxia. That is to say a successful person, whether his life is suffering ups or downs will never lose his inner peace. In short, inner success is more stable than outer success. But how can we achieve inner success? We need to focus on what we can control and what we can change and firmly abandon everything else. Our focus should be on giving not gaining. The former is something we can control, but the latter is not. Just like in the workplace, we often need to present our plans to customers. We can do comprehensive research and prepare all aspects of information in the early stages to strive for a perfect presentation of the plan. This is something we can control. As for whether or not our clients will accept our plan as we expected, this is beyond our control. We cannot control whether other competitors' plans are more in line with what the clients have hoped for, whether there are unexpected situations on the day of the bid, and what the client's psychological state is. So long as we have done our best to prepare the plan, even if we cannot convince our clients, we should never be too harsh on ourselves. Okay, that concludes our summary of the first section. In this part, we have learned three mental tools for career success. First, we need to formulate long-term goals and stick to our promises. Second, we need to build and focus on our circle of competence and never do anything beyond the circle. Third, while we are pursuing success that is universally recognized by society, we should not forget that the definition of success is not fixed, and our ultimate goal is to achieve inner success. That is when facing the ups and downs of life, we should remember to maintain our inner calm. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.